More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Uh, it's been a heck of a day today. And um, look, I, I do think it's it's worth noting once again that the timing of all of this is incredibly suspicious. To believe it's a coincidence that on the same day, what may be the most clear evidence of a Biden bribery scheme from when he was vice president. Same day that the FBI informant uh, information is seen by Republican members of the Oversight Committee, they drop this federal indictment against uh, Donald Trump. Very hard for a lot of us to think that this is just happenstance, right? It's a very difficult thing, very difficult for us to understand. Um, because it's not, <laughs> I think that's really what it goes. I, I think it's, I think that they figured, you know what? It's go time because before the narrative can really fully, uh, formulate about the Biden crime family, I mean, I truly believe how could you not that the Bidens were accepting bribes? I truly believe that Hunter Biden knew he was getting paid off for at least the perception of favored access to his dad, who was then vice president. And that was the whole scheme. So that means he is a corrupted person. And it is impossible for the American people to expect that Joe Biden is, well, honorable or ethical, right? I mean, he, here he is. He was asked about this uh, by the White House press corps, some of the White House press corps. And his response shows that he, he thinks he can get away with treating this whole thing like it's a joke. Play clip one. Congresswoman Nancy Mace says there's damning evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President. It's a bunch of So it's all a big joke, huh? It's all funny. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just hilarious. It's all malarkey. Well, okay. Um, 
how exactly are we supposed to explain millions of dollars going to Hunter Biden? What, what, what was it for? You've seen the new photos. There's like 9,000 more photos that have been released of Hunter Biden doing, you know, just the stuff that he does. And and what you see is because Joe Biden is actually so corrupt, and, and I know maybe it seems like how could you really pull these things together? How, how, why, why would I make the case that these things, there's some similarity? Because he is so corrupt, uh, it is not surprising. It should not be surprising to anyone that he's willing to do effectively anything, any bidding on the left. He's a compromised person. Joe Biden does not have an ethical core. He is a pass-through for the desires of the Marxist lunatics who now run the Democrat Party and who are the ethos of the Democrat Party. So, for example, I mean, yesterday he was out there saying um, that it's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors. They're not anybody else's kids. They're all our kids. He's he's pulling. Think about this. Old man Joe Biden, who is, you know, an out-of-touch, uh, you know, white guy, super senior citizen, right? He he's He's now playing the, oh, he's so tight with the, LGBTQIA plus activist community. This is the guy who we're all supposed to think, oh, oh yeah, he, he's all about transgender surgery for 12 year olds. That's, that's really important. He's, we're pushing hateful bills. The same guy, I know it seems like, oh, but what about the, the documents and, and the, the payoffs and, you know, all the other things we've been talking about today, but you have to understand, you're seeing this across the board. Joe Biden is a representative of what the left has become. And he has no, there is no moral compass. There is no filter. So you're getting it. He is a pass-through. He is a vessel. And this is why when they say things like uh, criminalizing doctors, targeting transgender children, um, you know, we're trying to stop in some states in this country kids from making a horrific decision, a horrific decision that could ruin their lives when they're not capable of making that decision. And let's just really call it what it is. These are kids who need psychological counseling and help and support. They do not need puberty blockers and, you know, removal of genitalia surgery. Joe Biden, 80-year-old Joe Biden, is an advocate for this stuff now. He is saying it is it is evil, it is wrong that they're trying to stop these procedures from happening. You know, how many medical procedures can you think of where you see it and you say to yourself, that is awful? Well, the more you learn about what they're doing to people with these surgeries, and I mean when you see the photos and learn about the long-term complications, you realize this is self-mutilation. That is what is going on. Some of us don't really give a damn about what they say on MSNBC or what delusions the New York Times editorial board lives in. Some of us don't want to be subjected to the psychological fashions of the left that make them think that this kind of process, doing these things to kids, 
is a, a, like a, a core human right or something. Somehow for all of human history we've existed, didn't need to do this. And now suddenly it's, it's the, the new civil rights struggle of our era. You know, they, they remove skin from someone's arm to create a fake male genitalia. We're supposed to think this is normal. This is a good idea. There was a reporter who asked Biden as well. I, she, she said, I spoke to the parents of a transgender girl in Texas. And I speak, so what? Transgender girls. That's a male who thinks he's female, right? It's, it's really hard to know. A transgender girl in Texas who told me they're afraid and they're considering leaving not just their state, but the country. Why do you think this is happening? So I want everyone to understand what's really going on here. Yeah, I know. We've talked about the Trump documents a lot. We understand they're weaponizing the DOJ. Also understand they're they're coming for your children. That is reality. And they're setting it up so that anybody who doesn't think that some kind of gender mutilation uh, surgery for remember, we're talking about kids here, minors, not even getting into the adult portion of this, although we could do that, too. Uh they're setting it up so that if you think that kids should have to wait until they're adults before these decisions are made, you are engaged in a fear campaign that may make them leave the country. Let me tell you this right now. No person of any sense is going to leave the United States because their trans child isn't getting the full gender surgery that they want. But there are some really crazy people running around. There are some people who are um, completely deluded. And Joe Biden is, if not one of them, certainly willing to speak on their behalf. So what I'm trying to say is that this is all tied together. The demonization of the unvaxxed by Joe Biden. Their fault. They're the ones, you know, with his angry, beady little eyes shouting at everybody. They're killing people because they don't want to get the shot. All a total lie. A provable and obvious lie. He is a man with no soul. He has sold his soul. He sold it for that old Corvette and a beach house and a presidency that was handed to him by a party who doesn't care that he has dementia, who doesn't care that he hasn't had an original or brave thought in his entire life. They don't care. So all of this ties together. The same man who was sending his DOJ on this mission of Trump destruction, and with it, the shredding of our republic and our constitutional freedoms, is the same man who had his son running around as the bag man collecting millions for the family. Got to take care of Pop, 10% for the big guy. And is the same man who demonized the unvaxxed because that was what his party demanded. I mean, even if... The vaccine had worked really well. What he did was awful, right? I mean, you shouldn't be saying that people who are uncertain about an experimental, but the vaccine didn't stop the spread at all, at all, zero, zero. And yet, here we are. No consequences for him whatsoever. And now he's advocating the the old man who ran as a uniter of the country, somebody who would bring America together. Um, he tells everybody that that's the plan, and then he gets into office, and he's he is more divisive than Barack Obama was. He is more destructive, and I know some might say, well, Barack Obama really pushed further, faster, and then Biden is just finishing the job at some level. Okay, but 
I think you could you could see that Joe Biden has been in his first term a a president who is more destructive of any foundational unity in this country. Look what he's done with the DOJ. You know, Obama. I had a lot of problems with Obama. Obama didn't have the DOJ locking up Mitt Romney. He did have the IRS going after Tea Party groups. I'm not. I remember, but I'm just saying. I mean, this is this is unprecedented, truly unprecedented stuff. And it's all rooted in lies, and it's all rooted in cowardice. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, Joe Biden's not calling the shots. Yeah, but that's always been that has always been the point. He's doing exactly what he was told to do. You know, He is the prison guard who is beating the inmates who knows they're innocent. You know, He's the gulag prison guard that knows that this is all a sham, but he just he wants his peace, he wants his cut, he wants to stay where he is. Otherwise, I mean, think about this. Has he had? Has he done anything to make the country feel like we are one country since he came into office? One thing. I mean, yeah, right now he's prosecuting his chief political rival. But if you step back and look at it a little bit more, what you can see is um, everything he has done has been meant to divide the country and to undermine foundational, not just freedoms, which of course he's done, but foundational conceptions of what this country really is, er eroding our southern border, destroying our sovereignty, letting our cities turn into violent, chaotic hellholes, spending us into oblivion, and now prosecuting his chief political rival. This is the country we live in now. I, I, it's it's tough stuff. I, I'm not... Not in a position to, to soft pedal this, and I don't think it will be right to. I, I, we're, we're heading a, into a very dark period for the country. What can we do? Well, we have to remember who we are, what we're all about, and not lose sight of the truth in this process. Not lose sight of who, what it is that we're trying to fight for, the country that we want. I don't want a country where we can lock up our political rivals, too. I want a country where we all agree nobody does that. But that's not what we have now. So we figure out what those next steps will be. All right, let's talk about something positive for a second here. There's something remarkable happening every day at the Preborn Network of Clinics. Every day there are 200 babies saved from abortion by introducing moms to their beautiful babies. That's one of the many caring services the team at Preborn provides to pregnant mothers providing an ultrasound. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees the precious life growing inside of her, the majority of the time she will choose life. For just $28, you can sponsor a life-saving ultrasound. Please join the fight. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. When you help those who cannot help themselves, the power of courage in you will empower not just yourself, but others. Please make a donation today. Help save the lives of preborn babies. Go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Clay and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and 
and search The Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's wrong for that a person can be married in the morning in the United States and uh, fired in the afternoon by their employer because they are uh, they're gay. Um, it's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people is rising. It's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel and it's callous. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. Joe Biden's is a, a disgusting person, just to be very clear. A, a, a moral reprobate. Uh, reprobate. A, he is uh, spiritually grotesque. Notice... He, he does the, it's wrong that people are being fired for, for being gay. Well, hold on, where is that happening? And who's even talking about that? But then he connects that, he connects that to kids getting transgender surgery. Hold on, hold on a second. These things have nothing to do with each other. Absolutely, there is nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. Why is he putting them together? Creating a false narrative of moral blackmail, so that parents who go, hold on a second, why is my school telling my 10-year-old that he's a she, and now there are therapists that want to refer him for medical treatment that can never be reversed? Hold, hold on a second. Oh, well, you're like one of those bigots. You probably think that people should be, you know, fired from their job because of, of their sexual orientation. It's like, wait, no. One has nothing to do with the other. One is just, why are we doing gender mutilation of children? But see, see what Joe Biden does. See how dishonest he is. 
And and I know today's a day we're all spending all this time talking about um, the weaponization of DOJ and what he's doing to his political rivals. Yes, of course, but I'm showing you this man has no core. He will let Donald, he wants Donald Trump to go to prison. He wants his chief political rival. He doesn't care what this does to the country. He thinks he's the good guy in all this. The same guy who thinks you're a monster if you don't want uh, little kids getting puberty blockers thinks that Donald Trump should rot in prison for the rest of his life. That is what we're dealing with here. So I, I think it's important to understand what the full parameters are. And, you know, I, I don't even have time to get to this today, but you have a judge in Washington. A judge in Washington has ordered, well, I guess I do have a little time to get to it, a female-only spa with compulsory nudity to admit transgender women with penises after the owner said the facility was for biological women only, a pre-op trans activist complained and sued, and a judge cited, if you're at an all-women's spa, the guy with the penis has to be able to sit next to you because he says she, he says he's a woman. A judge just ruled that. It's all, it's all tied in. This is soullessness. This is moral corruption. This is madness. This is the Biden regime. And I, I think it's necessary to understand what it is that we are facing. This is not just a political squabble. We are entering a period where spiritual warfare is what we need to be thinking about. Because that's what's underway right now. There is a fight for the soul of the nation that is happening right now. And the other side are acting in a fashion that is demonic, and they think they're with the angels. So you have to understand this. They're not going to stop. They don't feel guilty. They don't feel bad about any of this. No, quite the contrary. We'll talk to Julie Kelly about this in just a second. You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like Marine Corps Corporal Seth Rasmussen. Seth was one of five Marines killed in a training accident when his Osprey helicopter crashed in California. He was just 21 years old. Seth is survived by his wife and high school sweetheart, Avery, and their infant son. Tunnel to Towers reached out to Avery within days of Seth's death to tell her she would receive a mortgage-free home. Avery didn't have to worry about where she and her son were going to live or how she would pay for it because of financial security and support provided by Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers has helped over 1,000 military and first responder families navigate the worst of times by removing the burden of a mortgage payment. Support our nation's heroes and their families. Donate to Tunnel the Towers Foundation, please, because we do so every month. You can join us in this. T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. All right, welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, we've been having Julie Kelly on now for, well, really the whole time Clay and I have been doing this show together. But stretching back for months, she was telling us that a federal indictment of Donald Trump was coming. In fact, she said at one point it was 100% and then more recently, 110%. And now we know that prediction, unfortunately for the Republic, but that prediction was accurate. Julie Kelly is the author of January 6, a book I recommend to all of you, and also a writer for American Greatness. She joins us now. Julie, um, you were right. Let me just ask you, is there any surprise so far in how exactly the charges have been laid out or how this has gone down? No, not so much related to the charges for classified documents. What I find pretty surprising and actually very shady 
is the fact that DOJ and then Jack Smith, who took over this investigation in November of 2022, litigated this entire case behind the scenes, closed doors, grand jury in Washington, D.C. They then, last month, basically moved all of it to Florida, realizing they had a venue problem, or I think they got very favorable rubber stamp rulings by the chief judge, Errol Howland, D.C., um, who is an Obama-appointed judge uh, and a, a brazen partisan in court. She does not try to hide her contempt for Donald Trump. So they basically conducted the entire investigation in Washington, D.C. Then, it looks like last month, moved it to D.C., and the New York Times reported all they had to do was read to a grand jury in Florida the transcripts of what had happened in Washington, D.C. So it doesn't even look like the same process unfolded in the southern in in Miami district that it did in Washington, D.C. If that's a new standard of justice, that should alarm people uh, across the spectrum. So it looks like this grand jury in Miami kind of thrown together, read whatever happened in D.C., came down with the seven counts. Um, and of course, as, as you've reported, Donald Trump will be arraigned uh, in uh, Miami on Tuesday. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, Julie, can you just so the the grand jury in Miami was read. Explain a little more was read what happened in D.C. and made their determination based off of that. That's what it looks like, Buck. That is what the New York Times was reporting. And that was the first outlet that disclosed this Florida grand jury. All of the proceedings have been happening in D.C. before grand jury grand juries in Washington, D.C. Then all of a sudden, the New York Times reports this week that there's a grand jury that was impaneled in May. And apparently they've been hearing a few witnesses. But one expert said, oh, this is no big deal. All they do is take all the transcripts from uh, the grand jury proceedings in Washington and they read it out to the grand jury in Miami. And that's how they determine their charges. That sounds pretty shady, don't you think? I'm not a lawyer, but uh, it's really beyond the pale because everyone sort of assumed that these charges would come out of the D.C. District Court. And they suddenly changed it to Miami, realizing that any of the alleged crimes, especially the obstruction count, would have happened in Palm Beach at Mar-a-Lago. So this will probably be pretty good uh, evidence for um, Team Trump to uh, to accuse the prosecutors of misconduct, which we're already hearing some rumblings about. Um, but this is not a does not appear to be a normal procedure, especially in a historical case, the first federal charges ever against a, uh, a, a former president. So, Julie, you, you saw this coming, obviously, and uh, and told us that this was going to happen. I, I wanted to get your take on where this is going next. What what do you see? Because I, I've just seen from Twitter and I mean, this is my belief as well. This isn't even the there are more indictments coming but this isn't even the last of the federal indictments. Is that how you see it? And and what's going to happen if it plays out as you think it will? Well, this is going to be nothing compared to the multi-count felony criminal indictment that Jack Smith will ultimately issue related to Trump's uh, role in the events of January 6th. As we've talked about for a long time, that's going to be the big bombshell. Um, this, I think people are kind of like, okay, well, classified documents, did we see them? He obstructed. This is not as, as as dangerous to Donald Trump as the counts that it will be coming down from Jack Smith. 
he's took over two investigations, the classified documents and January 6th. So potential counts in that indictment, Buck, could be seditious conspiracy, as we've talked about, uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, which seems pretty certain, conspiring to obstruct Congress, tampering with evidence, etc. The seditious conspiracy one is a big one, though. That is what 10 members of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys have been convicted on. That is sort of tantamount to treason. It's no Americans have ever been convicted of it until the January 6th prosecution. Of course, not a difficult guilty plea to get in Washington, D.C. But that, I believe, is the direction where Jack Smith is now moving. So you will have dual criminal cases, court cases, happening at the same time, one in Florida, one in Washington, D.C., while Donald Trump is trying to run for president. This is what the Biden-Garland-Lisa Monaco DOJ wants to happen. Uh, and unfortunately for America, that is exactly what will happen. We're speaking to Julie Kelly, author of January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Uh, Julie, there, I think one part of this, everyone understands right now that this is election interference, effectively. This is meant to already... Uh, skew the election, who, who, whoever, whether Trump is the nominee or not. I mean, looks like based on the polls, he's going to be. But they're interfering in the 2024 presidential election with this. But one piece of this that I think it's it's hard for um, a lot of us, you know, myself included, two-time Trump voters who celebrated his his presidency to just comprehend. Do they do they really think they're going to be able to lock him up in a prison? And that people will just be okay with that. Do you think? Do you think their eventual goal is to put him in a cell, or is Joe Biden going to maybe step in and commute the sentence or something? What do you think happens? It's such a great question. I don't know, except for the fact that yes, they do want Donald Trump in handcuffs. They do want him in prison. The Democratic base—they have ratcheted these half of our country up to this point of bloodlust that is really sort of terrifying. Um, <clears throat> but this is exactly what people like Lisa Monaco, the Deputy Attorney General, longtime Obama loyalist, she was in on the Russia collusion hoax. She is running the Department of Justice. This is the fulfillment of their, what, now seven-year uh, criminal prosecution into Donald Trump trying to get him in handcuffs and get him in jail, and they want to do this. Um, not just for political reasons, but because they, this is a personal, a personal professional mission for these people at the DOJ and in the Biden regime. And if, if they were to do this, what do they think the reaction of the American people will be about institutions like the DOJ? I mean, this, everyone's saying this is, you know, third world dictator, banana republic, defeat your opposition by throwing them in a cell somewhere. I, if someone tells me that's how they feel, I have to look at them and say, yeah, that is how this feels. They want us to feel that way. They are so not drunk with power, but they are authoritarians. They want people to realize that they have this authority and power, that they will use it to crush their political opponents, and that there's nothing we can do about it, Buck. They want us to realize the power that they have, that they have no boundaries. 
They have no oversight by Congress. They have no guardrails in federal courts like the D.C. District Court. They get whatever they want. They bring these cases before D.C. juries made up of voters in a city that's almost 100% Democrats. They know they're going to get their way. They know the only thing we can do is complain about it, write harsh letters, you know, make threats, contempt of Congress, et cetera, et cetera, impeachment. That's not going to happen. They want us to realize the power that they have and that they will use it to crush us, everyone from Donald Trump to his his lawyers, his close associates, down to the Indiana Mima who walked through the Capitol for 10 minutes with a MAGA hat on. They love this. They don't want to pretend that they're, that, you know, this is rule of law and constitution, even though they say that. They are good little Marxists and, um, they, they are enjoying every minute of this. They don't care what it does to the country or the constitution. What do you think, Julie? Cause, you know, you, you've been very close to all of this because you've seen, um, the machinery of destruction that the DC judicial system became with regard to January 6th defendants. I mean, there are, the fact that there are people that spent, you know, 18 months in solitary confinement in the United States for nonviolent crimes, people who weren't armed, who did nothing violent, who didn't even destroy property, uh, that should shock the conscience of all Americans. It happened. It happened under Joe Biden, who poses as this grandfatherly uniter when really he's the most divisive. I actually would argue now he's more divisive than uh, than Barack Obama was. Uh, I think Agreed. Joe Biden is in a league of his own and. What do you think we what do you think we can do about this? Like what when you, you saw this up close and personal, I think you understand the mentality of the other side. What's the proper way to respond? You know, Buck, I wish I knew. It's very easy to despair and I try not to allow myself to get to that point when I'm covering these hearings and especially these jury trials, what these prosecutors and FBI investigators are allowed to get away with in court. These juries who are so partisan uh, admitting in a jury selection process that they are Democrats, that they consider these people insurrectionists and traitors, you know, that they attend left wing demonstrations in Washington, D.C., and they are still seated on these uh, on these jury panels. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, we have a very slim majority in Congress right now. Uh, the Republicans in the Senate have been silent for the most part as this has uh, has gone on. And so I really I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the best we can do is keep exposing who these people are, what they're capable of. And, you know, just hope for the best for our country. Yeah. But I agree with you. Joe Biden is a contemptible man. I think he's probably he is the worst person to ever sit in the White House on every single level. And he has put people around him who are just as bad as he is, including Merrick Garland, who is, to your point, kind of puts on the grandfatherly, I'm here, rule of law. No, he's not. Uh, you know, these people, there's only one partisan hacks. for them. Yeah, partisan hacks They're across evil. the board. Um, January 6th, how Democrats use the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. That's Julie's book, if you want to understand the current moment. Knowing the history of how we got here, as is told in that book, is uh, well worth the read. Julie, thank you so much, as always. And also, you were right. We told you we'd have you back on the show. You said it was coming. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. My friends, market has been tough. Um, and everyone still knows inflation is out there. And things could get really rough in the economy really quickly. You know, Clay and I recently met with Dutch Mendenhall. Dutch is the founder of Rad Diversified. He's a patriot. He loves our military and gives a lot back to our veterans. 
Dutch and his team are experts at buying cash-flowing real estate. They've brought major stability to thousands of investors in the most volatile of times. For a minimum of $1,000, you can access Rad Diversified's lucrative real estate portfolio. Dutch takes pride in ensuring all of their investors leave a legacy for future generations. Visit raddiversified.com. Connect with one of their team members to learn more. With Rad Diversified, you can reap all the benefits of being a real estate investor without any of the heavy lifting, starting at only $1,000. We strongly recommend having a diversified investment portfolio. Rad Diversified can help. All investments involve risk. Consult a financial advisor and read the prospectus before investing. Learn more at raddiversified.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, let's be honest. It's, uh, it's a bad day for the country, and it's uh, really concerning. And, you know, usually on a Friday, I would want to spend some time with fun stuff. You know, we'd have a little fun on the show. But, we, you know, we got to lighten things up. But it's really hard to get in that mindset um given what's going on in the country and uh you know i feel and, and i know clay feels a real obligation now to just redouble our efforts and and stay focused and you know stay frosty stay uh 
ready for whatever comes our way. And it just feels like as a country, there's, we've entered a new, a new era. And I, I can't, I can't sugarcoat that. Um, this is going to be unlike any other election cycle we've ever seen. It, it's really more than that. Um, some of the, some of what I would call the load bearing walls of our civilization are going to be really tested, I think, uh, of our American civilization. Um, I think this is going to be a real challenge for, uh, for us in so many ways. We haven't even seen the full extent of this yet. And I, I, think we've given you a picture today of what we think is coming so what i can say uh going into this weekend here on this friday is it's going to be a marathon this is going to take time uh we're not going to be able to settle any of this in a day a week or a month so spend some time this weekend you know make time for yourself as a person who cares about the country and wants to do what's best for your fellow Americans at all times. Um, it, it is it is necessary. It is not just a, a luxury. It is necessary to spend time with those who matter most to you, with your loved ones, to allow your mind to focus on your immediate environment, to uh, take time to relax. It's not helpful for any of us to get too uh, constantly in the battle, right? I mean, if you... Those of you who are military certainly know this. You know, when you're downrange, when you're outside the wire, you got to be at that heightened level of awareness all the time. But, you know, when you come back, when you come back to the FOB or, you know, you head back to, uh, to home base, um, you've got to let yourself, you know, you got to let yourself relax a bit. You know, this is a, a long fight ahead of us and we certainly have some, some valiant and, uh, and tremendous fighters on our side for what is true and right and best for the country here so don't despair um i'm not despairing we will not hear on the show we will continue to rally we will spread the truth we will fight against the lies and we will uh, make sure that as many people as we possibly can know that they are not alone feeling that this country is heading down a very dark pathway but this is my way of saying for this weekend Give yourself some time to, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that lets you recharge, uh, because we're going to be talking about this and we're going to be focused on these issues that are, let's be honest, they're existential for the republic and for a free society. Let's just really put it out there. Um, we're going to be talking about this for months, really, for certainly the next uh, 18 months or so. So almost two years. This is going to matter a whole heck of a lot, and we are not going to let it go. So... Take some time this weekend for yourself, with your loved ones. Read a good book. I will tell you this. I always find that in the darkest of times, there's the Bible, yes, and there's uh, history as well. And understanding what has come before us often can give us a lot of some degree of peace as we face it in the future. So take care of each other. It's all going to work it out somehow. And Clay and I will be talking to you about it all on Monday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.